Alzheimer's disease, what you need to know, and how you can help. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we're going to discuss a condition that affects a lot of families, Alzheimer's disease. And Dr. Forrest, that family, one of those was mine. I lost my dad to Alzheimer's disease about 15 years ago, so this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I'm glad we're going to be discussing it today. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us today on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. And Dr. Forrest, I'm going to turn it over to you because we have a very special guest joining us today. Uh, Thanks a lot, Mike. We are honored to have Catherine Lambert. Uh, She's from the Alzheimer's Association, and she leads uh, sort of the region in the southeast with the tri-state area, the Carolinas. And she's agreed to join us today and provide some information and insights about Alzheimer's disease. We really appreciate you being here, Catherine. We're so glad you could join us. Please tell us a little bit about your organization. Well, thank you for allowing me to share this. This is really, um, it's not everybody else's disease. This is uh, happening in our communities, in our neighborhoods, really on our streets. Uh, And so what we are trying to do is make sure that we provide uh, care and support for all of those who are impacted by the disease currently, uh, those living with the disease, those who give care for them through education, through a 24 hour a day, seven day a week helpline, uh, through support groups, lots of different avenues, while also on a parallel track, making sure that we are funding research as well as advocating for federal funding for increased research so that one day we aren't even needed as an organization. And really to support all of that, and I know we'll talk a little later, um, we do that through the generosity of our communities. And one of the biggest ways we, we do that is each fall through our walk to end Alzheimer's season. So um, adapting all of that in this pandemic is certainly um, not the easiest task, but so critical. Right. You're, you know, I know a lot of organizations have been affected by the pandemic and it's made it difficult to do some of the traditional fundraisers, but people have been figuring out ways to do that and uh, even some virtual events and that kind of thing. So um, give us an overview of Alzheimer's disease. You know, how many how many people are affected? So more than five million Americans are currently living with the disease uh, right here in North Carolina. Uh, that includes 180,000 individuals. But uh, as you know, you, you know, we've, we've talked about this impacting our families. It is not just the person living with this disease. It's those caregiving for them. And in North Carolina, that's av- expected to be about 480,000 folks who wow. are that family and friends providing unpaid care um, to folks living with uh, Alzheimer's or other dementias. So it, it is the sixth leading cause of death in the U.S. And you know, I, I sadly don't ask the question back when we used to gather in rooms uh, and would say, who who's impacted by this? More than 50% of the room seven years ago would say that. I'd say it's closer to 80% now. Wow, that's uh, those are some incredible numbers. I don't think people think of it as being quite that common, but it really does affect a lot of people. And, and you brought up a great, great point. You know, having had people in my own family experience this disease, I know that many times it's the family and caregivers that really also have a lot to deal with. Some some I've even heard argue that this disease affects family members and caregivers almost as much as the patient. Um, and I, and those, those numbers are just staggering about, I think you said 480,000 people uh, providing care just in North Carolina. So have you found it to be true that the, the impacts both psychological and emotional 
are, are as profound on family members as it can be on the actual patients? Absolutely. Um, and there's actually great research that's out about the health impacts on caregivers who oftentimes ignore their own health uh, in caring for their loved one and find themselves with additional health complications down the road. Um, certainly, we're all getting a, a crash course in how do we multitask caregiving during the pandemic with work of children, but this has always been an issue with aging parents. Uh, we have many caregivers who fall in that sandwich generation. They're caring for an aging parent, they're caring for children of their own, and they're in the workforce. That's an incredible stressor and challenge as well. And then now with the pandemic, having to make really tough choices, um, obviously there are issues of isolation and not being able to see your loved one if they're in a long-term care facility. Many have chosen to bring their loved one back into homes, which creates a whole different set of challenges. So it is incredibly difficult for those families and caregivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I had not really thought about myself, which you, what you mentioned as the sandwich generation. It's not only, you know, if you're looking after a parent or a grandparent, it's also the generation below you. You may be looking after kids. You may be doing homeschool <laughs> right now. Everybody's doing online education. There's, there's just a lot of stress on those folks. And you're right. I have, I have known some uh, folks who've moved their family members out of, you know, skilled facilities back home. Uh, but the care, uh, you know, load is so intense that those uh, family friends that I know that have done that, they basically, that's their full-time job. They literally, these are people who had jobs at tech companies um, and they've literally full-time now is basically taking care of that loved one um, since they're basically being the, the entire skilled facility there in their own home. So it really does have a big impact. Now, um, I know there is a lot of research going on to find treatments and a possible cure for Alzheimer's. Uh, do you have any statistics on that or the estimated amount of money spent on research for Alzheimer's? So I can say that the association uh, we fund, currently we have over $167 million that is invested in over 500 uh, best in field projects in 27 countries. Um, and we also work really hard to advocate for and have had tremendous growth. The federal government is uh, to the National Institutes of Health specific to Alzheimer's and other dementia research. That's now over $2 billion a year annually. Um, and that's grown exponentially in the last seven years. Um, there is hope. I think that's what I want to leave people with. And there is research being done um, on prevention. There is research being uh, done around drug trials. Um, there is research being done around biomarkers. Some great research just came out about how great would it be if we had an indicator like your blood pressure, like a simple blood test that could be, uh, that would say you are at a higher risk. And if you knew you were at this higher risk through a blood test, you might then look at some of these uh, proven prevention strategies to say, okay, I need to really look at this. Um, if there is a treatment, similar to say a statin. If you are at higher risk, you look to manage that through lifestyle change, but you also have an, a treatment that could go with it. So there is hope on the horizon and the advancements are being made because of this increase in funding uh, dedicated to this research. Yeah, I think you brought up a great point about the, the idea of testing too. You know, I, we, Mike and I did a show recently on genetic testing for cancers. And, you know, with, with cancer, we've got a lot of the mutations in genes that, that make people more likely to get those like BRCA1 and BRCA2. And with Alzheimer's, we do have some basic stuff, but it's not, 
you know, it's not good enough yet to really have a good way to counsel people and know exactly what the risk is. I do think some of those are, are close on the horizon. Uh, some of the things looking at amyloid and those type things. So hopefully in the near future, you're right, we're going to have some advanced knowledge and hopefully those treatments are going to come a long way uh, so that we actually can prevent them. You know, I, you know, as a physician that prescribes medications for, for patients, um, right now, it's pretty frustrating, frankly. We, Absolutely. Uh, we, we, have, we have medications that can slow the decline somewhat uh, temporarily. We also have medications that will help people that have lost some cognitive function, you know, to come back. It's like a, a slight, like, octane boost uh, temporarily that we can do. Uh, but frankly, the ones that we've had so far as a physician, I'm not satisfied with, you know, they they <laughs> slowing progression to me means that, uh, you know, it takes 30 years for you to get to a bad place, uh, you know, not a few years. And so I'm, I'm looking for better treatments. Uh, I think there is a lot of hope. I think we've got to keep funding in this area because, you know, when you look at all the funding that's going into cancers and some of the other diseases that we get, um, it has helped. And we have done research that's found treatments. And I think sometimes you know, people sort of throw their hands up in the air with Alzheimer's disease and don't give it enough focus because uh, they just sort of do have some some hopelessness. And the truth is, I think anything like this, uh, there's hope for. And if we'll put the resources into it, hopefully we can find a way to, you know, keep more of our loved ones from ending up in this situation. You're right. And early diagnosis and, uh, you know, is so important in this. If, if changes in your brain start happening 20 years before you start to see symptoms, um, the earlier we can be saying, hey, you're at higher risk, the better we can be doing as well to hopefully not have as much, ha have a delay of onset even, which would be a huge change as well. Thank you, Catherine Lambert with the Alzheimer's Association. She's our special guest with Dr. Brian Forrest today on Access Health Radio. After the break, we're going to talk more about Alzheimer's disease with Catherine and Dr. Forrest, and we're going to discuss things you can do to help. Also, our Access Health Trivia of the Week is coming up. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Today, we are joined by special guest, Catherine Lambert. She is the regional leader with the Alzheimer's Association. Catherine, I know that lots of folks listening uh, are affected by this disease, and their family members are uh, they're, they're suffering from it, and they are caregivers, and they would like more information. Could you give us some information on how to best get in touch with the Alzheimer's Association if we have any questions or want more information? Absolutely. All right. We have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week helpline for questions, for crisis, whatever. That number is 1-800-272-3900. Our website is ALZ. Dot org, And we're in walk season, so I would be remiss to say you need to find the walk closest to you. And to do that, you can go to alz.org backslash walk. Fantastic. Dr. Forrest, uh, go ahead and, if you will, give your contact information as well for folks in case they want to reach out to you. Sure. So if they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to ACC Health. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or they can call the office at 919-363-0190. Uh, after the show, if they miss part of the show and they want to go back and listen to it or they have family members that they want to be able to listen to the show, uh, they can go to WPTF.com and listen to a podcast. Uh, every show we've done for the last several years is on there. Uh, and we also provide links to that at AccessHealthRadio.com. 
And, uh, you know, if they want, if they have a general question, it's not emergent or anything like that, and they want us to possibly answer that on the air, they can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Okay, Dr. Forrest, time now for our Access Health Tip of the Week. Well, the tip of the week this week may seem pretty simple, but a lot of people just don't do it. In the same way that people shop around for the lowest prices on expensive items, you should also shop around for the lowest cost on prescriptions and medical supplies. AHDRX.com is a useful website that ranks pharmacies in your area by their cost and also gives you coupons for whatever medicine you're taking. And the web address for that is www.ahdrx.com. And we have links to that on accesshealthradio.com. You can see the price for any drug, and they can even offer rewards for each prescription filled at any of those pharmacies. And it's free to create a login, and it's available on your phone or a computer. Again, that's www.ahdrx.com. And in my opinion, it's better than others because you find the lowest price near you, and you also earn rewards. So if you've ever used something like Gas Buddy to find the lowest price gas near you, this is the same type thing, except it works for medications and medical supplies. And our tip of the week this week is sponsored by We Care of Apex. They are an independent community pharmacy in the Triangle that will deliver anywhere in North Carolina for free. So you don't have to get out and wait in a COVID line. Uh, That's WeCareOfApex.com. Their number is 919-629-6010. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, we're going to go over some key points about Alzheimer's disease and how you can help Also, our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is coming up. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. It's time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week, Doc. You know, people providing unpaid care for those with Alzheimer's disease total $16 million. And the amount of hours each year put in for this unpaid care is 18.6 billion hours uh, for those folks looking after those with Alzheimer's. Just amazing. Wow, that is really incredible. All right, thanks, Dr. Forrest. We are joined today by special guest Catherine Lambert. She is the regional leader for North and South Carolina and Georgia for the Alzheimer's Association. We're talking about Alzheimer's disease today. Dr. Forrest, what are some keys that you and Catherine would like to remember from today's show? Well, I think, you know, for me first, uh, you know, we hear a lot of, obviously right now we hear about COVID every day. Uh, we always hear about heart disease, uh, and for good reason, we hear about cancer, we hear about stroke. Uh, but I think it's really important that people understand how common Alzheimer's disease is. And that's why most people listening probably have an affected family member. Um, So it's really, really common. I think the other thing to remember is that this is a disease that it does have a a terrible impact on the patient, uh, but it also has a ripple effect, unlike many of the other diseases. Um, You know, the caregiving can be extensive and go on for uh, years. Um, Many times there aren't resources to pay for that. Uh, Sometimes people's, you know, insurance is such that it's not going to necessarily, you know, cover them being in a skilled nursing facility or It's not necessarily always going to cover any in-home or home health. And so it's important to remember that uh, families are under a whole lot of pressure uh, when Alzheimer's uh, does affect their family. Um, So I think one of the things is, you know, you can help. 
uh, as a listener, as a, a family member, as a, you know, somebody who's interested in helping folks affected by this, by supporting organizations like the Alzheimer's Association and also supporting families, you know, that are dealing with this. Um, you know, many times you, you might have a relative that says or friend that says, hey, you know, so so my family had a heart attack or they had a stroke. And uh, those are devastating illnesses. But um, by and large, those people, uh, you know, the heart attack victims, a lot of times, a lot of their care is at home and they don't necessarily need around the clock supervision. Uh, and Alzheimer's is a different thing. You know, uh, sometimes strokes lead to those kind of consequences, but it really can be quite a burden. Uh, on families um, and friends and, and people that are associated with these folks who, you know, they've cared for these people all their life. They want to continue to do so, but it gets really difficult. Um, so I'm going to ask Catherine, you know, if, uh, if she's got any final thoughts uh, that she'd like to share with us, any important aspects that we haven't covered about Alzheimer's disease. Um, and also, again, to, to mention any upcoming events that they have uh, where our listeners could help out and be supportive. So thank you. You know, it's interesting. I, the One of the most disheartening things I hear is from someone who's been through this journey and says, wow, I wish I'd known about the Alzheimer's Association when I was on the journey. And my goal is to not hear that, uh, that people know who we are and that we're here, because you mentioned earlier how frustrating it was and not feeling like there was, you know, something you could prescribe as a course of treatment that really made significant impact on qualities of life and uh, length of, of that quality. And so one of the things we're doing on both ends is one, we're working with physicians that um, maybe there can be a prescription, if you will, of a referral to the Alzheimer's Association. And we do a lot of the care planning and the help navigating all of the different facets uh, of this journey. And we do that through our, that 24 hour a day, seven day a week helpline uh, and through classes that we offer and support groups with others who are going through the same journey. Um, and all of those things are free of charge to everyone. We want those two resources to be available. And so um, the biggest thing I would ask is when you know someone has been, been faced with the diagnosis of Alzheimer's or another dementia is to share that we are here, 1-800-272. 3,900, anywhere in the country, you can get help. Um, and then the way we are able to provide those things free of charge and to raise awareness about the disease and those going through it is through our Walk to End Alzheimer's, which happen across the country and right here in North Carolina. We have 19 of those between September and early November, and it is free to start a team. Uh, but we encourage people to share their story and uh, donate and raise funds for their local Walk to End Alzheimer's. And to do that, it's very easy to sign up. We are walking everywhere this year. So we are not gathering as a large group, uh, but we do have a, a local opening ceremony that will uh, you can watch on your um, computer uh, or an iP iPad, a larger uh, mobile device, uh, and then go out and walk in your neighborhoods or on your trails. So hope you'll join us, alz.org slash walk. Thanks so much uh, to Catherine Lambert from the Alzheimer's Association. We really appreciate you being on the show with us today and helping inform our listeners. Thank you. And Dr. Forrest, that's all the time we have for this week. Okay, and our scripture this week comes from 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show. We look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.